Mike Woodson and IU have been active in the 2023 recruiting class, but on Wednesday they dove headfirst into the class of 2024 and did so by starting directly at the top. You are Locked On Hoosiers, your daily podcast on the Indiana Hoosiers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, guys? It is Friday, July 29th. This is Locked on Hoosiers, your one and only daily one-stop shop for everything IU Athletics. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Rude. want to thank you guys for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every single day. We got a lot to cover today. We're diving straight headfirst into it. Going to start off with a bunch of IU recruiting news. Uh, we're going to actually recap uh, a visit from... Uh, Jamie Kaiser, someone we talked about on Monday's episode, one of the guys IU is going hardest at in the class of 2023. He visited IU this weekend, spoke to Peegs about his visit. I'm not going to give you everything that he said uh, because it is behind a paywall. You guys should be subscribed to Peegs if you haven't already. They are as good as it's going to get with IU basketball and recruiting coverage. A couple key things I thought I would highlight from it, though. Spoke about watching the workout, something he wanted to do at IU, just to get a sense of what the players are able to do and allowed to do. And of that note, uh, here's what he had to say, quote, I wanted to see how free the players are allowed to play. A college coach can tell you whatever he wants, but then you get out there and what happens. I'd been talking with Xavier Johnson because he's a local kid from here know what he did from here he said coach woodson is going to let you play and i saw it firsthand he's a man of his word people were making mistakes and he was okay with it because because he knows this is the period where people grow their games he doesn't pigeonhole people or want them to play with robots that was awesome to see it's kind of been something we've heard from a couple different people just the adaptability that was a word that kaiser they also uh Peaks also, well, I guess Rab John's interviewed his father as well. Adaptability was a word that they use and something we've heard from multiple recruits that uh, Mike Woodson isn't going to say you're a shooting guard and that's a position you're playing or you're a five and that's your position. He doesn't really address it as such. He gives you the, the freedom, the creativity to play a number of different ways, a number of different positions. Uh, Kaiser talking about his relationship with the staff. I talked to them probably one of the most I've talked to anybody. It's really good to chop it up with them. I call them all the time, text them all the time. I felt a lot of love from them and from the whole staff. Great to hear uh, because uh, IU has one of the top recruiting staffs, I think, in the area, especially when it comes with Kenya Hunter. Um, but building those connections are great for landing uh, recruits like Kaiser gave a timeline for when he wants to make his decision. A uh, quote, I'd like to decide by late August, maybe before the school year, but I'd like to talk to my parents and see where things go and how fast they go from here. All in all, it seems like it was a really good visit. Uh, both him and his father talked about uh, learning more about the program, about coach Woodson, about Assembly Hall, about the athletics, and the, or excuse me, the academics and the athletics and how they're intertwined. Uh, sounded like it was a really good visit. We'll be uh, monitoring that because if he wants to decide by late August, that's a month. We have a month until uh, that decision is going to be made. So 
will be interesting to keep up with that. I mentioned at the start that IU dove head first into the 2024 class. They started at the top with 2024 big man. I'm going to butcher this name. Flory Bedunga. Uh, we will get that pronunciation right. I'm sure many of you have read his name if you've been looking forward to the 2024 class because he's one of the top guys in that class, not just a top guy. He's from Kokomo. We're looking at another Indiana native, uh, a 6'9 center. There are no rankings for the 2024 class on 247 Sports. Sounds like the expectation is he'd be a five-star there. To that point on Rivals, he is a number six prospect overall in the 2024 class. He received offers from both IU and Purdue on Wednesday. Uh, IU's offer came from Woodson and Walsh on a Zoom call. But uh, as I mentioned, he's from Kokomo. Him and Xavier Booker met in June, and Trevor Andershock of 247 Sports wrote about it. Um, the athleticism for Badunga, uh, again, I promise I'll get that pronunciation right, but that led to him getting not about nine dunks in that game against Booker, who we know is one of the very best prospects in the 2023 class. Uh, this is from Andershot, quote, he's ferocious at the rim, pops off the floor like few players in the country, uh, does not score out of the paint, but his touch on half hook shots over defenders is soft. He showed that as co at Kokomo as a sophomore, did it against Booker too. That was something that sounds like he's still developing a post game, but very athletic, a lot of explosiveness, uh, allows him to uh, score around the rim. Interesting to see. Are you going after a, another big man? But how could you not when he's an Indiana native and sounds like he's as exciting as Badunga will be uh, coming up in the next couple of seasons. A couple other 2024 recruits offered. Jesse McCulloch uh, was offered by IU. He's a 6'9 forward slash center from Cleveland, not ranked, obviously, on 247, not ranked on rivals either. It doesn't mean a ton uh, because guys can fly up and down rankings. Um, so especially this far out doesn't mean a whole lot. Unless you're near the top of the top, uh, there's going to be a lot of fluctuation in the rankings. Same with Caleb Williams, who was offered by IU, a 6'7 wing uh, from Washington, D.C., not on Rivals rankings as well. But I, from what we've seen, I trust the eye of Mike Woodson, Kenya Hunter, Brian Walsh, all those guys on the IU recruiting staff. And uh, they've spotted some hidden gems in the past. And uh, so I trust their eye, certainly, when it comes to recruiting. We mentioned earlier in the week we were going to talk about Kevin Warren's comments at Media Day. We're going to dive into those over the next two segments. Uh, before we do that, we missed today's sponsor of Locked on Hoosiers is BetOnline. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. Find your favorite sports and events at the number one uh, online source for odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news of every league, including MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline.net continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. Head to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. BetOnline, where the game starts. I want to thank you guys again for making Locked On Hoosiers your first listen every single day. Be sure to subscribe to us over at YouTube where we put these episodes up daily at 7 a.m. Uh, 
before we dive really into Kevin Warren's larger comments uh, overall, wanted to highlight something he talked about and something the IU football is doing with the Georgian Viola Taliaferro Fellowship. That's something the Big Ten created last year. Uh, it was to provide individuals who have not historically had access to collegiate conference office leadership positions with an opportunity to do so through the Big Ten. Um, that was something that, like I said, they announced last year. At Media Day this year, they had um, three of former student-athletes. There was a fourth one that was on the way. So four former student-athletes were in attendance uh, that are all going to work with Warren and the Big Ten through this fellowship. Obviously, George Taliaferro is a, a, a groundbreaker for IU football um, that has a statue outside the stadium and whatnot. And to that point, his number 44 jersey um, is going to be used to kind of honor his legacy. Uh, IU released a video kind of detailing this. You can't really retire jerseys anymore. Or his number might was would probably be the first one retired. Just the size of, of rosters, you can't really retire them anymore. So IU decided to do it in a different way. They're going to honor his number 44 jersey by giving it out to a player it can be on either side of the ball. Tom Allen talked about this uh, at Media Day on Tuesday, uh, but they're going to use that to honor Taliaferro's legacy. Uh, it's going to go to an upperclassman who they feel has done a great job of representing the program by being a great teammate, a loving teammate, a great leader, a great student. Um, and linebacker Aaron Casey is the first recipient of this jersey. Uh, he'll wear it this upcoming season. So I thought it was a really cool way to honor uh, his legacy uh, in a way that obviously, like I said, I, if they had their choice, he his number would be retired. I think it would be the very first one retired. Uh, they can't do that. I think this is a really cool way to honor his legacy while still kind of uh, memorializing that number in a, in a way. Let's look at what Kevin Warren had to say uh, about a number of different topics. Uh, he started off very interestingly. Uh, the Big Ten is the only Power Five conference to have every coach back this season, which some of them maybe shouldn't have been. Shout out to Scott Frost. But uh, everybody is back this season, and to be the only one to do that, impressive. We'll see if that's the case after this season, but impressive, fun little nugget there. Media rights, obviously a big thing on the mind. Um, a lot of people tried to get some insight onto the media rights deal. Kevin Warren offered very little uh, other than he he was talking about Fox being there, said that the there'll be new family members and our media partners soon. Um, he said there's no target figure for the amount of money that they're looking for in their media rights deal. Um, he emphasized creativity when it comes to the next media deal. And they're planning to deliver content uh, kind of in a way that hasn't been delivered before and just delivering types of content that hasn't been there before. To me, when he's talking about that creativity and the just the way he was mentioning, he mentioned there being so many fans of the Big Ten across the country, across the globe, and people having access to that. All that, to me, screams a streaming deal. Uh I I'm starting to lean more and more towards somebody like a, an Apple or an Amazon 
something along those lines, spending big to get this, uh, to get the rights to this and, and be able to stream these games, which I would absolutely love just being able to stream the games, have them more easily available so that we aren't limited to the big 10 network. And if your game's not on there, you're out of luck. I, I would love to have the access be far greater. And if you land with an Amazon, if you land with an Apple uh, or somebody of that vein, uh, you're going to get that opportunity. So it sounds like that's where they're leaning. Uh, Warren said that they've been working on the media rights deal, that they were finalizing the deal. So it sounds like everything is is kind of agreed upon and they're, they're just working out the small details. Uh, he said that he expected to announce it sooner than later. Um, the reporting since then is that it's going to be coming in the next few weeks. He wouldn't really comment on how much money that deal is going to be worth either, like I said, in the big kind of the the overall money or the amount of money each school is going to be able to bring back. Uh, he didn't really have anything to say in that uh, in that front. This is going to be a massive deal, though. I think that's pretty clear. The number they were targeting pre-UCLA and USC uh, was already massive, adding them. He made a point. Uh, to note that Los Angeles is the third biggest media market and that now they are in New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles when it comes to media markets. Um, I There may not be a number that surprises me when this media deal comes out um, because, like I said, it was already going to be record-breaking before you add Los Angeles to to the network, to the market. He mentioned that Outside of the Midwest, the largest contingent of Big Ten alumni in the country is Los Angeles, which is not what I would have guessed. Uh, I don't know what I would have guessed. Maybe somewhere in Florida. Maybe, uh, honestly, I don't know. I, I don't think I would have guessed Los Angeles. So uh, if these are the types of numbers they're coming to the table with, um, I think this number is going to be really, really big. $1.52 billion. Um I don't know that UCLA and USC is worth enough to get it up to two billion, but I think we're pretty easily looking at about one point five billion or more for this TV deal. Astronomical numbers is what we're going to be dealing with. Hopefully, that comes with just more access. And this is something I talked about on Locked On Big Ten in the past. This is more than just football and being able to stream those games. How many IU basketball, women's basketball games were on Big Ten Plus, kind of hidden from everybody? Get those games out there, not just IU, IU women's, Iowa women's. I mean, the Big Ten women's uh, conference title race last year was insanity, and we couldn't watch the vast majority of the games because they were hidden behind, well, not hidden, but they were behind Big Ten Plus, which isn't the most convenient thing to watch. And if you're signing a media deal this big, I think you should be able to put those types of games out there. Uh, the Big Ten mentioned they're having a volleyball media day. More volleyball games need to be able to be streamed. Um, more women's basketball, more men's basketball, more women's soccer, men's soccer, softball, tennis, whatever it is. When you're talking $1.5 billion, that it feels like it should not be hard to get those games um, and those events out where they are more easily accessible than putting them behind a, a paywall like big 10 plus. So 
we'll see if that's the case. More accessibility is a big thing that I would be looking for. I'm not in charge of negotiating these media rights deals. I could not possibly fathom negotiating a deal worth 1.5 or over a billion dollars. So uh, more power to them. Obviously, there was a lot of talk about UCLA, USC. We're going to look at what Kevin Warren had to say about that and a surprising bit of news when it comes to UCLA and USC. We'll dive into that here in just a minute. So Kevin Warren, obviously, the talk of expansion was um, obvious. It was going to be something that was going to be discussed throughout the day. Here's something he had to say, quote, regarding expansion, I get asked every single day what's next. It may include future expansion, but it will be done for the right reasons at the right time with our student athletes at the center of any and all decisions. They're not just going to expand to expand. It will be strategic. Now, I will preface this by saying I, I do believe Kevin Warren cares about the athlete or the academics. Uh, it's the second time I've done that. Probably a Freudian slip there because that's about how much the Big Ten cares about academics. Um, Kevin Warren says he cares about academics, says he grew up in a household of teachers. I do believe that. I believe he cares about academics. However, I do not believe that they that academics factored in really any way to adding UCLA and USC, which is he talked about the academics of those two schools and made it seem like that factored into the decision-making. It did not. And uh, honestly, in some ways, it's a little insulting to pretend that it did. This was a money move that, I mean, he talked about adding the Los Angeles market like we just talked about. That was the motivations behind this. Um, sure, USC and UCLA are two great academic programs. That was an afterthought. There's, an, I really earnestly do not believe they cared at all about the academics of those two schools when they were making that decision. It's a nice bonus, um, but that was not something that, that mattered to them when they were considering adding USC and UCLA. And to that note, though, both of those schools are going to come in and they will receive full shares as member of the conferences immediately. Now, why is that notable? Because Nebraska, Maryland, and Rutgers did not receive that uh, luxury when they came in. They had to come in um, and kind of ramp up how much money they were getting each year. And it was over the course of six years for those two school or those three schools, I should say, to get full shares of TV money and revenue and things of that note. Now, for Maryland, I believe, for example, there was some financial pitfalls that the Big Ten basically had to loan them money. That factored into it. Some stuff like that played into that. But still, none of the that's a long ramping up period, six years that none of those schools came in as full members right away. Now, none of those schools are USC and UCLA, who brought a lot more to the table. Uh, in terms of bargaining power than any of those schools did. Probably not shocking that UCLA and USC are going to come in as full members, but it was notable, uh, especially considering that's not what they've done in the past. They've had schools ramp up. Um, I think what USC and UCLA is bringing to the table 
with their market is going to more than cover uh, the the fact that other schools typically ramp up. There's going to be a lot of money made because of the Los Angeles market. We're going to learn how much, as I said, it was going to be over a billion dollars. Uh, the difference from a billion to whatever the final number is, a large chunk of that is going to be solely from bringing in the Los Angeles market. Um, excitement for adding uh, USC and UCLA was kind of the the general vibe, not just from Kevin Warren, but from the coaches. Um, and there were questions about the travel and whatnot from the coaches who all kind of wrote it off and said it wouldn't be a big deal, which to them it won't be. Um, it's going to be, and I've mentioned this before, I, I'm kind of beating a dead horse, but I think it can't be a point made enough. It's going to be the non-revenue sports that this is a much bigger deal for travel when it's a women or a softball game on a Tuesday or something. How do you rationalize USC and UCLA making cross-country flights to play those games? Or if it's soccer or if it's basketball or whatever it may be, it's going to be a lot harder to rationalize that. And that's where the idea of this having anything to do with academics really fell on deaf ears when it came to me. Um, Kevin Warren said that they basically have two years to plan that stuff out. Didn't seem like they had much of a plan for how this was going to work in terms of scheduling and whatnot. And he said that they're going to spend the next two years ironing that out, which it is a long time, but Maybe not great that they don't have a, a plan in place, but in, in a kind of on the other hand, maybe it's going to allow them to field ideas and um, brainstorm a little bit and figure out the best solution for this. Even the best solution isn't going to be a great solution, though, because there just isn't any way to get around the fact that L.A. and New Jersey, where Rutgers is at, are opposite coast like that that's going to be a problem that exists no matter what so i i appreciate the coaches saying that it won't impact them the travel and it, it probably won't to a great degree but it's going to impact a lot of other programs last thing that was really interesting is kevin warren was pretty open to the idea of eventually down the line sharing revenue with student athletes as part of um there was discussion about nil which he is wholly in favor of. He said that there needed to be some um, legislature uh, legislating in general done um, to kind of iron out, make firmer guidelines and things of that note, which has been a, a general call for um, there weren't really a lot of rules in place when NIL started. And we're seeing some of the, the good and the bad that comes along with that. But uh, he mentioned creating this kind of student, athlete leadership council and one of the things he he was open to discussing with them and listening to them about is sharing revenue with them down the line sounds great to say that we'll see uh again when you're bringing in 1.5 billion dollars in media revenue it's getting harder and harder not to include the student athletes in that and have them at least get some piece of the pie when it comes to that it was it was it was interesting Kevin Warren kind of offered that up that he was open to it. Now we'll see just how open to it he is when he starts discussing that with athletes, but very interesting to see and, and obviously that would be a landmark um deal as well. 
That'll wrap it up for us this week, guys. Thanks for making Locked on Hoosiers your first listen every day. We'll be back with you on Monday to start looking forward to the football season. Um, Fall camp kicks off next week. Next Monday is uh, media day for football. Tuesday they start practice, and we're underway. We're getting going. So we're going to be covering fall camp next week, diving headfirst into that. Know what your team is up against across the Big Ten with Locked On Big Ten. Every day, host Nate Dickinson and the local experts of Locked On take you across the Big Ten in 30 minutes. Make Locked On Big Ten your second listen, Locked On Big Ten. I was on the show yesterday talking about Big Ten Media Days. A um, couple of things we discussed here, other things we did not. So go give that your second listen today. Follow us on Twitter if you haven't already at LO underscore Hoosiers. Subscribe to the podcast, leave a quick rating and review. But most importantly, guys, have a terrific Friday and a great weekend in LEO.